0: Welcome to a podcast on marketing. I'm your host, Jordan Ogren, and this is a podcast where we talk about marketing. So today's guest is Claudia, and I'm going to ask you, who are you and what do you do?
1: Hey, Jordan, I am Claudia, and I'm the content marketing manager for Lemon Pie.
0: What are you obsessed with right now in marketing, in content marketing? Is there anything you're obsessed with?
1: Honestly, repurposing content. I think that is so incredibly important right now, especially if you have multiple channels as a brand that you want to own. So specifically for us, we take all of our podcast content and we repurpose it and turn it into every episode turns into, you know, 20 to 30 social posts, plus articles, plus videos. There's just such an opportunity for you to you know, take one piece of content and repurpose it into all these different channels that you you want to be on and where your audience likes to hang out. So it's it's fun. It's hard because, you know, you kind of have to know the ins and outs of all those channels that you want to be on and understand what type of content is actually going to resonate with people on there. Um, And I mean, you know, you have a newsletter and you turn your newsletter content into LinkedIn posts and things like that. So I think it's really fun and it just gives you, as a content marketer, just gives you such an opportunity to create really, really valuable pieces.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely one of those people that you were talking about that doesn't totally change the context of it. I'm a lazy repurposer. (laughs) So is that like one of the main challenges or kind of like things you see repurposing? It's like, ah, pull the hair moment because they just didn't change it to Core or to whatever that place it's getting repurposed, they just copy and paste it kind of like I do?
1: Copy and pasting isn't bad per se, but the, the important thing is that you are giving 100% of the value within that platform. So rather than asking people to click off or hey, go check this out and just teasing them on the content that you're trying to give to them, I think it's really important to just give it all away in the platform that they're on so that they begin to trust you as, you know, uh, a thought leader in that space. And then if they really find you valuable, they will no doubt click your link and go, you know, wherever you want them to go or listen to your episode.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point. I definitely early on as I started to repurpose or even just sharing podcasts or any kind of content, it's like, kind of a a little bit of a tease or like just a bite off the cake and then it's like to get the full cake come here and it's like no you have to include the full cake or at least cut the cake in half so it looks like a full piece you can't just tease it to say you know click this link or the clips have to be uh, full and in themselves and I, I think that's a point that I didn't catch early on and now I've kind of started to realize hey how can I make this small clip that's to get them to the podcast actually just be enough if they don't. Get to the podcast which i think is challenging and requires effort so maybe that's why not everybody kind of does that that's awesome i I like repurposing as well so what how do you define marketing or what would you say the job that marketing should get done is like what is marketing for
1: that's a great question i think marketing is the way that your audience connects to your brand so it's how you speak to them, it's how you engage with them, it's how you are portrayed on all of these channels. It, it's that connection point between them knowing who you are and them choosing to work with you or buy your product or service. Hmm. So it's kind of that, you know, path in between those two endpoints.
0: And how, what are some ways that you can create deeper connections with those people? Like what kind of tactics or just mindsets or strategies can you use to start to deepen connections or
1: I think the most important thing which is kind of what we've already been talking about is to constantly provide value put yourself in your ideal customers shoes and figure out what what is value to them what does that mean are you there to be an entertainer for them are you there to teach them a certain thing about you know x y and z are you there to um inform them on the latest news i don't know whatever it may be you have to put yourself in their shoes and figure out what do they want from me and then actually give it to them (laughs) Mm. versus you know, making them take twists and turns to get the value that they want out of you. So, I think that's the most important part about you know forging those connections and having them see you as a brand that they can rely on. Mm-hmm. Um, and another part too is actually using the people on your team to give your brand uh, a human element to it. So. You know, it's not just your brand posting on LinkedIn or Twitter. It it should be your team. It should be your leadership, so that they know who is behind this brand, um, who who are the humans that I'm actually connecting with.
0: Yeah, no, that's good. That's a. There was a few great things you just said. I think that last point: humans buy from humans. I've heard that so much. So it's critical to get you know in front of the. You can still do kind of company posts or whichever, but it's really important. And you look at any of the companies that are dominating maybe in marketing right now is they have faces for the organization. Some examples, Drift with, you know, David Cancel and obviously DG uh, before he did his own thing. So, like, that's so key is really having the people. And I think that just goes to creating kind of a connection because as you're talking about, you know, understand what they value and all this, I'm thinking you know, I do that with friends, right? Like I get to know someone and I'm like, what do you like to do? And then I can like talk to them about that. And it might not be what I want to talk about technically like hiking, but I'm like, Ooh, how do you hike? And obviously if I have any sort of expertise or, Hey, I just read a book on how to survive in the woods, you should check it out. It's like, Oh, that's nice. What do you do? And it's like, Oh, I do this thing way over here, but you're helping them out and I think like you were talking about entertaining or really just figuring out because I think some of the best content is not about your product it could just be for what you're like you could sell you know nail polish and all your content is how to be a great mother like and it's right. like okay well you're not selling classes or courses on motherhood but you're realizing that your audience values that and that's what they need right now and oh wait You also sell things that I use day in and day out. I'll buy that from you or whichever. So I think you had some really good points there. Um, And I think, yeah, that question of what marketing is for is such a, like, I don't even know how I would answer it. So you answered it quite well. Now, what is one like a really strong held and maybe it's repurposing, but like a really strong belief you have about marketing? Maybe the strongest that you currently have that you're just like, this is a hill I'm willing to die on.
1: (laughs) Um, That's a great question. Let me see. Huh. What is a hill that I am willing to die on for marketing? Maybe I, none.
0: That's a hill in itself. No, I'm just Yeah. <laughs>
1: Maybe there is no hill. <laughs> 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 um, I... Huh, that is a really good question. I might need a minute to think about no, that one. That's
0: good. That's good. We can we can keep yeah. it moving and maybe come back to it if it comes into the conversation. What is, what is your view of if someone was to say, hey, let's get kind of black and white here. What's good marketing? What's bad marketing? How do you begin to decipher that dichotomy?
1: I think, again, good marketing is when you're really trying to connect with your customer and understand their pain points, and then you turn all of your content geared towards that pain point that you're trying to solve. So rather than leading with you know what you're selling or how you do the things that you do, really figuring out you know the why behind what you do and how that helps solve the, the problem for your customer. So that would be the good thing about uh, marketing. <laughs> uh, Bad marketing, I think is leading, thinking that you are the most important thing to the end user and you are not, you know, it's how you fit into whatever their processes, whatever their, whatever problem you're trying to solve for them. It's how you fit into that versus thinking my brand is the best. These are all my features. This is why you should work with me or you should buy my product. It has nothing to do with you. And the more that you can take yourself out of it and think about what the person on the other side is thinking, the better your marketing content will become.
0: Mm. Yeah, just to relate to that whole kind of friendship, nobody enjoys, at least I don't like to be around that guy or gal that's just like, my stuff is the most important. I'm going to tell you all about my day. Like Nobody wants to be around them. And I think the same is for content for marketing is if you really do think you're the best, I think you have to lead almost with humbleness. Uh, That's not probably a word, but lead humbly in the sense of like, I want to care more about you um, and talk less about me than kind of what a lot of bad marketing or just a lot of marketing does is it's hey we have this new thing or we have this and it's all about them where as a you know, possible customer, I just feel like, okay, that's someone I don't want to hang out with. So then I'll just go to the next friend, call them. So I, I think that's, it's interesting how you keep describing, I keep going back to like a friend. It's like, yeah, I wouldn't like that person either, which you kind of talk about just on your LinkedIn bio as I'm a huge lurker. You talk about (laughs) you humanize brands through words. And I think like a lot of what you're talking about through connection is just to be human, to humanize, whether it's people kind of posting content, it's, you know, caring about what, they care about and even maybe as you kind of talk about here writing in terms of kind of humanizing like how do you humanize brands through words like what are some ways you actually achieve that um so i think
1: the most important first step you have to do is actually talk to your customers a lot of people are afraid to do so they don't want to get on the phone they don't want to take up their time Um, but even open-ended questions in a survey are much better than not speaking to them at all. Uh, you really want to get inside their brains and figure out how they perceive you, so that you can speak to them in the way that they they see you and what they see your value as. Versus, you know, you think you are X Y Z, they think you're A B C. Well, you better be talking about A B C. So. Number one, definitely speak to your or speak, literally speak to your customers and figure out how they talk about you so that you can talk to them like you're like we've been talking this whole time as a friend, think of them as your friend, think of them as somebody that you will really, really want to help. How would you as a human, not as a brand speak to that person?
0: No, that, that's really good. That definitely will be uh title of the podcast is, you know, something with friend in it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, so, so kind of, cause you, the key is to speak to customers authentically. So that's kind of just talking to them, figuring out, you know, cause like you said, if they, if we're talking about AB, they're talking about CD, we want the truth or we want to kind of be closer to that rather than living in this echo chamber where, Hey, we're doing everything right. But it's like, well, you haven't talked to customers. So you have no clue what they even perceive of you, which You know i think is sometimes hard because it's better to live in quote unquote a fantasy live in a place of like i think what we're doing is right rather than like actually test it or actually put it against the the fire and see like hey we're actually talking about stuff they don't care about but it's highly about our brand or whatever so i think that's super key so you talked about some of the reasons but like what are the Inhibitors of people actually going and talking whether through surveys or actually face to face or over the phone Like what are some things do they think they don't need to they know more than like? What are some of those main uh, roadblocks that we have to overcome to actually uh, act on that?
1: I think this happens a lot with um, brands that have been around for a really long time and have very deep set processes that they live by and they change is scary to them. So they might just look at the numbers and say, you know, well, sales are great. There's no reason for me to have to talk to my customer and see what they're thinking because things are going really well and I don't wanna make that change. I don't, like you're saying, they kind of want to have blinders or earmuffs on because they, they want to continue to do what they've been doing for the past 20 years, let's just say. So that's something that I've seen a lot with, you know, heritage brands where they're just afraid to take the leap and maybe not even afraid, but they just don't feel that it's necessary because they're just looking at the numbers where I think while numbers and data are extremely important, and I'm going to go back to that question on the uh, hill to die on, which I figured out what it is. Um, (laughs) Numbers are extremely important and they definitely have to drive your decisions, but at The end of the day you have to know who your customer is and there's no other way to know them aside from hearing from them and learning about them and really getting inside their minds
0: no that's really good yeah change sometimes we'd rather you know not change and deal with the sacrifice or the things that would happen than to actually change and try to move to a better state as painful as that'll be so what is that hill what's the strong belief that you're willing to die for in marketing
1: So this is something that I have, my mind has shifted a lot towards in the past few months is I used to think that marketing was, uh, you kind of see marketing as like this fun job, right? Where it's all about creating great content and it's all about all these great things that we've been talking about, connecting with your customer, humanizing your brand, but there's another side of it that is even more important, which is how all of your strategies and your content, how is that all translating into actual numbers, not vanity metrics like likes, comments, um, views, subscribers, whatever it is, not that, but how is your content actually helping the customer, the client on the other side make the leap to book a call, or book a demo, or start a free trial. So I think that's something that a lot of us don't like to look at, because we don't, we like to look at the vanity metrics of, oh, hey, we're getting a ton of impressions, things are growing, we're going in the right direction. But how does that actually translate into revenue, or pipeline, or, you know, the actual numbers that you're trying to reach? And it's important to have those goals in mind while you're creating your content so it's like this dichotomy of you know being very fun and engaging and geared towards whatever value your customer is wanting from you and the other side of it is the analytical portion of how that translates into into money into revenue
0: yeah no it's definitely a balancing act of kind of creativity and doing fun stuff, but also always whether quantitatively or qualitatively having numbers that are tracking it to actually know, are we improving, can we, or should we pivot rather than just doing the fun stuff without having any sort of data it's like doing a new diet and not checking your weight or whatever your core kind of metrics are and it's like after a year or two years it's like if I ask you is it working you have really no way of being like yes or no or it feels good and I think maybe that's where a lot of marketing sits and just that feels good like Whatever that is, maybe doing newspaper ads or like things that it's like it feels good. So we've always done or it just feels good. But like when we start to actually pull the hood up, we can see that the numbers don't align. Like you're saying, it doesn't drive pipeline. It doesn't drive actually any sort of tangible benefit years down the road regardless of you know in the intermediate or kind of immediate uh stage so no that's that's a good hill to die on it's definitely something i think as well i've come from you know gary v and a lot of these like ru-ra hype kind of people it's like they're not talking at all about sometimes the metrics or goal setting or trying hypotheses and seeing what works and what doesn't they're just you know repurpose on every platform or do all these things and it's like okay i could do that or i could kind of get a little bit more serious and pull the hood up and see Um, and I think there's certain types of people honestly as I do more marketing like there's like really analytical thinkers that just like they don't like writing they don't like content it's like just let me in that CRM the back end and all this craziness where I'm on like the other side where I'm like let's write let's do all these creative things do you find yourself on one kind of pole or do you find yourself in the middle now as you started to realize maybe that analytical side is uh, very important to understand
1: I am trying to be more of an analytical marketer as much as I can be. I'm um, like you, where you know, I I want to I want to create the content, and I want that content to be amazing, and I want it to be exactly what you know the how the brand wants to be represented. Um, but we we can't go about it blindly. You know, we do like you're saying, we have to lift the hood and we have to see what's on the other side and and see, and look at it as an experiment, like you're you're saying it is an experiment, you know, try things out for a few months and be consistent about it. And then go back and look at your numbers and see if anything has changed. Don't just say, okay, this is my plan for the next 12 months and this is just what I'm gonna do without, you know, looking back and rethinking if it's something that you have to change.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. And and I think sometimes being wrong is actually something that's a positive uh, in marketing because then you can get quicker to write. uh, Where I find a lot of times just in life, we're taught not to be wrong or to strive as much as you can to be right. So we won't pivot maybe when we need to because we just don't want to be wrong. We don't want to appear wrong or whatever that uh, fear is, which is something I and probably tons of other people kind of deal with. So I think now I want to kind of go into podcasts because that's where obviously the company you work for and like you have a lot of experience and that's a core piece of a lot of marketing strategies lately, at least from, you know, B2B and a lot of SaaS is kind of that podcast. What are you seeing in the podcast realm or just in podcasting that's really working right now or things that kind of excite you about podcasting for kind of companies in their marketing strategy?
1: It's definitely a bandwagon that a lot of people are jumping on, which is so great because the power of audio is insane. I mean, the fact that you can be in someone's ear for 30 to 60 minutes and have them exclusively be listening to you versus seeing a you know five minute video or two, not even a one minute video on LinkedIn on you, I just think the the power that you have as far as engaging with the audience and have and building this uh like a trusting relationship with the with the listener that you can't get that anywhere else but podcasting. So I think it's really exciting that people are are seeing that. I think it's on the other side it's um push it has to push you to be really creative because I can guarantee that there's probably at least 100 podcasts, unless you're in a very, very specific niche that nobody's in. There's probably a bunch of shows that are like what you want to create, and you have to be really, really creative as far as what your hook is and you know, what your positioning is and who you're talking to and what, again, what problem you're solving for them with this podcast. But overall, it's so exciting to see that so many brands are jumping on it.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely one of the main bandwagoners as I'm doing a (laughs) podcast starting it. I mean, kind of like you're talking about, there is so many podcasts on marketing. um, And for me, it's kind of been more of, hey, I just want to start And then I'll figure it out down the line because I'm not a business, I'm not a brand, but I think it's super crucial. Like you're kind of saying, what is your different? What's your tilt that is going to draw people in where, and there's a, Jay Aconzo? Jay, he, yeah, he Jay yeah. Aconzo. So he he speaks so much on this. I've really dived deep into his work of having a premise and kind of that premise is a specific topic for a general audience, a general topic for a specific audience or a specific for a specific, like, and really kind of like, and I think that's the biggest thing is so many people just start podcasts, my hand is in the air, just kind of do it. And you're not really doing that work of like, what is this premise? What makes us different? Because if we're not different, let's save the content world more content and just not make it. And that <laughs> sense so i like i think that's a huge takeaway just from what i'm listening to is there's there's a need to kind of take a step or two or three back to say what is this all about we know it's cool we know it's working for x y or z brand but like what's different about ours and if you can't get there then it's just like let's not do it um how do you how do you think about creating a premise or kind of doing that foundation work like what are some kind of tips or strategies if someone's like i want to start a podcast for my company but i really want to make sure it fits in some area have product podcast fit market.
1: So I think the first thing is you you have to realize or you have to define what your goals are as a business and how the podcast fits into those goals. So if your goal is to, you know, increase brand awareness, then okay, great. Like figure out what again why people are interested in you and what your value is and figure out how you can create a fun show out of it or maybe it's not fun maybe it's just completely educational Um, if you are wanting to uh, build up the uh, personal brands of your leadership team then figure out how they can be the main stars of your show or maybe it's not even creating a show it's going on a podcast tour where you know you're you're having your leadership team go and be interviewed on all these different podcasts to get their names out there and along with it, your brand. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the first step is figuring out why are you doing it? Are you doing it just because you want to and you think you should um, and because you want to create a show that's, you know, top of the charts, (laughs) which is really hard to do, or are you doing it because it – is going to help you build out a business goal that you have for the year or for the next two years. So that's number one, getting really clear on that. And then uh, we're gonna go back to this, but you're gonna have to talk to your ideal audience. Like You're gonna have to do the research. First of all, do the research on what uh, other podcasts are out there within the topic or niche that you wanna cover and see you know what the top, podcasts are, why they perform well, look at their reviews, look at their cadence, look at the structure of the show, who they have had on as guests, just to figure out where where in that can you fit in to stand out. Maybe all of your competitor shows are an hour long and you want to make something that's 10 minutes that your customer can or, you know, a potential listener can listen to on their way to work or whatever. Just figuring out different ways where you can stand out, uh, podcast, just general podcast research, audience research, talking to the people who you think would benefit from your podcast, figuring out what their pain points are, um, what, you know, if they are podcast listeners, what they listen to and why, or maybe they don't have, you know, maybe there isn't a podcast on a specific topic that they're having trouble with. And that's kind of where you see an opportunity where you can fit in Hmm. Um, and that I mean then just really getting creative with it as far as you know your name again the structure maybe it's you want it to be an interview style show maybe you want it to be a uh, narrative narrative like storytelling podcast maybe it's a mix of both just kind of mm-hmm. seeing what's out there and how you can do it differently.
0: Yeah, no, that's some really good advice. Kind of what comes to my mind is, you know, strategy. Really thinking like how this a fits in your company business strategy, but then strategizing the podcast. So talking to people, looking out there, kind of doing a SWOT analysis, quote unquote, for podcasts. So like, what's the strengths right. of a lot of these podcasts? Where is their weaknesses? And really then. Figuring out where is where can yours fit, or if you can't fit it, do we do it? Which is you know sometimes strategy is more about what you don't do than what you do, and then kind of your last piece, just reiterating here, is kind of how you flavorize it. Because as you're saying all the things you could do, I'm thinking I'm at like an ice cream shop. I could go with the sprinkles. I could go like you can narrate it. You can do a like in just being intentional. And I think that's kind of maybe what's in involved in all of your tips is just like um, as humans, I think we do a lot of things like you know why do you pick the back of your neck or like we do things that we don't actually sit back and be like why am I doing this does it help me does it not we just do things and same as like a business it's like I'm just going to do this as marketing and I can think about the podcast it's a good idea rather than you're kind of saying which I could hear someone saying like that's a lot of work but I think creating a good podcast is and I think that's the challenge is you can argue it's saturated it's not but regardless of the podcast there's a lot out there and you have to bring something new or bring something different And I think playing better is always a very hard game of like, I'm just going to be better than them, which you could do. uh, But I think being different or being new or being unique is a better kind of way into people's ears than uh, just trying to beat, you know, whatever that podcast is they currently listen to. Exactly. Awesome. So I uh, currently do two questions at the end that can obviously change as this is an evolving podcast because as you were saying about the the name, I'm like, great. My name definitely is super thought out. A podcast on marketing took me like two <laughs> minutes to, to think of. But back to what I was saying is I'll have two questions. One will be obviously heavily marketing focused. The other is going to be on marketing, but a little bit outside of it to end the show. So the first question and you, you kind of talked about maybe uh, the hill you were dying on kind of touched on this, but what is one thing you've changed your mind on in regards to marketing in the past one to two years? So I believe this, I was gung-ho for this, and now I'm like anti this, or I think differently about it.
1: I, as far as content marketing goes, I was definitely of the believer that you would write a blog post or... Maybe record an episode and you're done you know you're done like that that is your cornerstone piece of marketing and you don't then it's it's the the work of the social team or if you are the social media manager to then share that piece of content on those channels whereas now it is all intertwined it is like we were talking about in the beginning, it is taking that one piece of content, turning it into 20 or 30 other pieces of content, and seeing how other people on your team can talk about it as well in their own words. It's not just you as a brand sharing a a blog post or a newsletter or a podcast episode and then hoping people are paying attention. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. there's a lot more work that goes into getting your brand out there and doing it in an authentic way.
0: Yeah. What came to mind is the build it and they'll come kind of mindset, which is just (laughs) not true. And I think like you were talking about, definitely, I believe the same thing, right? Of like, I wrote it, I'm done. Or I videotaped I'm done and that's almost like 101 content marketing it's like okay you need to understand that you have to do it but like as you get to 201 301 401 you start to realize wait a second we actually have to get people here we have to and all these kind of extra things which I think is uh, very interesting and a a good kind of share of what you've changed your mind on I that I love that question because I think a lot of people I don't change their mind so that's always like Hmm. a clear red flag of like nothing it's like okay great but it's also like okay if I believe that Maybe I can, you know, save the two years, the year and change my mind today on it rather than still believing uh, something that might not be true in application. Okay, so the final question, what is one thing outside of business, marketing, anything like productivity that you do that kind of improves your marketing, your business, your content marketing ability? So for me, it might be walking. What is something that's like totally outside of marketing business that helps you with marketing business?
1: two things. One is reading. Um, I've been trying to get better at this. This is, you know, I'm sure as many people, this is one of my uh, resolutions for the year is to read more. But I just noticed that the more that I read, the more my mind opens to different um, possibilities of how you can apply things that other brands have done into your own strategy. So recently, I just finished um, a book called Get Together by the people who run people and company, people and company, yes. It's an, an agency that just got bought out by Substack and it's all about how you create a community, which I think is so important right now because um, your, your brand is nothing without its people. So how can you get them together and have them form this relationship with your brand that is, again, human-to-human uh, human connection versus just uh, I'm going to buy something from you. So how you create a community around your brand or just around any idea or passion that you have. So that has been really, really big. And then the other thing, I've been a dancer my whole life, so going to take dance classes once or twice a week just to get my brain out of things and thinking differently and you know learning combinations and things like that, it just sparks your creativity right away. And then you can come back to work kind of refreshed with just like this vitality of like, OK, I want to get this done and I want to do it in a different way.
0: Yes, that's awesome. That's cool that you're a dancer and you still do it. You haven't kind of stopped. Yeah. I think that's well, key. Well,
1: I stopped for like nine
0: years. <laughs> OK, OK. Yeah. So honesty.
1: I just started back up and I'm, I'm pretty proud of myself. So, yeah. What was I'll the reason going. to
0: start back up?
1: I just missed it so much. You know, it was something that I've done my entire life. I went to college and uh, majored as a a ballet major. So it was definitely like what I thought I wanted to do with my life. And meanwhile, I was doing business at the same time and realized like, that's a safer bet. And I'm just going (laughs) to go that route. Um, But it was a, a painful decision. So I just stopped cold turkey and never really got back into it. Um, so now I'm, I'm back in it and I am happy as can be.
0: That's awesome. I'm glad you you know didn't just leave it on the wayside. You picked it back up. And yeah. reading, that's the second time I've heard that one to this question. So that <clears throat> is interesting and kind of finding a, a theme between other marketers all thinking, you know, hey, reading is, is so crucial. That's something that I, uh, it's a hill I die on very heavily is just reading constantly. I have three different books in rotation, just always having those ideas um, kind of work with each other and always kind of draw better insights than if I just stared at The page or tried to do something so that's really good so the last kind of section i I just like to open the door if you have anything you want to plug your company anything cool going on that you'd like the two to three listeners to this podcast to kind of check out
1: (laughs) yeah definitely so we actually just launched season two of our podcast at lemon pie it's called brands that podcast Uh, The first episode just came out today. It is with Jonathan Barshop from HubSpot, and he is responsible for podcast growth. So Mm -hmm. he dives way into all the details on like the strategies that you can apply on your show to to make it grow and grow your listenership. So, yeah, check it out on any podcast player that you prefer.
0: Awesome. Yeah, I did see uh, someone from your team posted that. So I was uh, definitely going to check it out. I've listened to the backlog since I didn't find the podcast, your podcast since like recently. So like I'm going through all the Chris Walker episodes like way early on. So uh, (laughs) if you want to listen to that one, listen to it. But also there's so many good ones in season one or even at the start that I would highly uh, recommend that I've listened to and help me kind of think about podcasts or uh, just about marketing in general, think a little bit better. Thank you so much, Claudia, for coming on. I appreciate it so much.
1: Thanks, Jordan. I appreciate it.
0: This is the end.